Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Crossroads Conversations. I'm Richard Kennedy. I'm here with my brother, Robert Harmon. And we are going to talk about Philippians. Philippians. You can flip on out in Philippians. Flip to Philippians. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Or if you're in your car, just listen. Yeah, you can flip the dial to Philippians. <laughs> um, and if your name's Phil, you can... Flip on over to Philippians. Yeah. So we're continuing our Philippians series, which for me has been just very... It's been dealing with me. It's been encouraging and greatly challenging. And uh, we're in Philippians chapter 3, 12 through 21. Last week, I did a devotion. It was on that really um, famous passage or passage that we've all, a lot of us have, are familiar with, but it was just good to dive into it. That Paul said, whatever gain I had, he was talking about all these essentially religious achievements. And he was saying, I've counted them all as a loss compared or because of the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. And we talked about just the challenge of asking ourselves, do we really know Christ? Can we consider the the achievements that we have gained in our life as loss compared to knowing Christ? Is knowing Christ better than than anything this world has to offer? So and Paul makes the point in the previous section that our righteousness is based on faith in Jesus Christ. Our righteousness is based on the the work that Christ has already done on our behalf. It is done. It is absolutely not by anything we have done. Hmm. So that's what that's what last week was about. And it's and as we let me read um, this text to us, Philippians three twelve through twenty one. Paul writes, not that I have already at- obtained this, this being the previous section, what he was talking about, as far as counting everything a loss and completely knowing Christ. So it's not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the upward, the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many who have, I have often told you now and continue to tell you with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Woo! What a good passage. Love it. Love it. Yeah, man. Let's start at the top. Paul, the Apostle Paul says, I actually... I have not, I still have not obtained it. I'm not perfect. His humility there. But he says, I press 
on. And um, this this word, press on, I, I looked it up, and it some other words that it can be translated as is pursue or chase. I press forward. And I thought about, Robert, I thought about when I was in middle school, play, I played football in seventh and eighth grade, and I remember during rehearsals, I mean, sorry, practices, they would be so hard. You know, we're training, is hot. We're wanting to give up and everything. And they would always be yelling at us, fourth quarter, fourth quarter. And what that meant for us was, hey, train for that fourth quarter. When you're tired, you're ready to lay down, you're ready to give up, and you got to keep grinding through it. Well, you know, it's kind of the same thing, too. And we, uh, <laughs> a lot of people think, uh, Wrestling, you know, pro wrestling is choreographed and all that is choreographed, but it not everybody in the world can do it. You know, you can take 10 guys and line them up on the wall and only two of them will, will stay with it because it's, you know, you've had all types of people try it and, and they try to press on, but it's just too much for them. I mean, I left out of there uh, some Saturdays with bruises all over the, my back and bruises all over my shoulders and I said I wasn't gonna go back and do this but you know I just kept pressing on and as time went on and you know maybe a month went by you know you you just take a bump or take a hit and it got to the point where it just you didn't feel it no more because you kept pressing on so you feel like you kind of grew tougher as you well you grew tougher but you kept pressing on because you didn't want to you don't want to quit because you liked it that much you know you know, it's all about the training and conditioning, and I believe that's what they was doing right here is getting everybody ready for the training and conditioning telling them to press on. That's right. There's going to be times when you want to quit and throw in the towel and say, to heck with this, I'm done. Mm. Yeah, and as a Christian, we've been talking about this a lot in Philippians, that there's going to be all sorts of persecutions or hardships or trials or whatever. Right, I mean, I, it's, I, it's going to be a challenge following God at some point point and and some people do drop off this man this is not it's like i was watching you know i just really got into watching the chosen i'm still on season one but you know a lot of them people like uh the tax collector i think it was matthew is that, am i right am i saying it right yeah, matthew, matthew. Mm-hmm. yeah like why me god you know i'm you know there's a lot of people saying why me you know why did he choose me why did he want me you know it's just uh and he's telling, God's telling them to press on. Just like, trust me. Trust mm. me. And they're at a stage in their life, you know, they know, they feel something's there. They feel like something big's on the horizon happening. And they keep pressing on with it. And there's uncertainties. And, you know, they got to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and Paul in the previous section talked about how he's lo- he's counted everything as a loss compared to um because of knowing Jesus and the more we actually start getting in the game of following Jesus being his disciple living his life there's some things we're going to have to lose and be willing to sacrifice and when that's you, hard I mean, it's just i mean it's it's you know I was, you know you sit here talk about it like you talk about sacrificing that Roman security guard sat there and told Matthew, "Hey, you you, you sure you want to go? You got a house, you got all the mm. the stuff money could buy, you know." And kept throwing it up in his face, you know. 
you gonna go be with him and lose it all, you know? I mean, he had wealth, he had right. clothes, he had a nice house, and I mean, yeah. he had a good job. You know, I mean, it wasn't a great job, but I imagine back in the time it was a job. Well, he had security. He was yeah. I he mean, was he was well, well protected, of. and I mean, yeah. he just gave it all up. Just something about him, man. When he seen Jesus, it was just something that drew him to him. You know, like it was a. Mm-hmm. I can't keep my eyes off this man. And are we willing to follow Jesus like that? You know, you hear this out there in the business world, and you hear this about people. There's certain people, and my dad was one of them. I'm going to use this as an example. There's certain people out there that have got a roar around them that people just want to be around. It's not about money. It's not about fame. It's not about fortune. It's just something about them. You know, you can't put your finger on the pulse, but I sure do like this guy. You know, my dad was that way. He uh, knew a lot of people, and it was, and he had people just, Bob, whatever you want to do. If you want somebody to sponsor your series or you want to do this or you want to do that, he just had people that believed in him and, and would give them the resources and the tools to do it, do it just because they believed in the aurora around them. And then there's some people you can be around and you're like, man, I don't want to be around that. It's just something, just something ain't right. That makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's realism. I mean, there's people out there, you know, that people want to be, you know, that people want to be around. There's people out there that they are not people that want to be around, you know, you know, and there are people out there that will turn your backs on you. You know, that happens too, you know. You know, it's happening, you know, with with several people in, in the world, you know. That one time they were successful. They was in movies. Everybody loved them. Everybody wanted to be around them. And then they do one certain thing. And I'm not saying nothing bad. They didn't do nothing bad. Just because a man wanted to, I mean, I hate to say politics, just because he wanted to make the country better and wanted to run for politics, then everybody just turned on him. Well, so we're called to, you know, there's a lot, Paul talks a lot about in this passage we're talking about here to imitate him and also imitate Jesus. And he says, imitate other people who are walking the true walk of the Christian faith. And that will make us, if we're genuinely being disciples of Christ, living a godly life, life, living righteously, our life, we should be people that people want to be around. But also, you have to remember, Jesus was, he embodied perfect living, but that didn't mean that everyone liked him. The the religious folks crucified him. But, 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 I believe that what you're saying... It was part of the plan. He knew it was was part part of of the plan. plan. And he knew if he didn't do it, he knew what he was at stake. But but Jesus certainly had a magnetism, a charisma about him, Man, it was simply driving. because. But think about it. But because we're kingdom citizens, and like in in the in a true, pure, like good sense of that word, charisma and magnetism, he um, people would be drawn to us not because of how cool we are, or whatever, but because we're genuinely we know who we are. In the Father, we know we're loved and accepted by the Father, 
and then we show genuine concern right. for our brother. And that's the way Christians ought to be. And so press on, man. Like, press on in kingdom living. Press on in living for the work of the Lord um, and trying to know Jesus Christ. And Paul, even Paul says, he's humble, and he says, I, I have not arrived, but I press on. It's that hard work, that fourth quarter mentality, like, hey, keep putting one foot in front of the other in, in your Christian ministry and in your, in your work. Um, that it's not a, it's not a destiny that we arrive to one day. I mean, it's a journey. We say this on the podcast, but it's a journey. Your relationship with God is well, a journey. Show, you got to press on one day I mean, at a time. If you, watch, if, if you read the Bible or you watch the movie Chosen, it was, it all didn't happen in one day. You know what I mean? That's it right. Was, uh, you know, it's, you kept pressing on, you know, and, now, verse 14, well, the end of 13, he says, I forget what lies behind, and I strain forward. Again, that word strain, it implies like I'm working hard. It's not some easy thing. I'm straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So he's talking about the rest of this section. He essentially is talking about, hey, I'm working for heaven. Okay, now I want to jump also down real quick, talk about living for, what's Paul talking about? Living for heaven, living for the kingdom of, of heaven. Verse 20, he says, our citizenship is in heaven. We await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our body to be like his glorious body. So we live in this, as Christians, we live in this interesting situation where we are physical beings here on the earth and, but we are spiritual people. Right. We have been born again of the Holy Spirit, and we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, which is something we cannot see with our physical eyes. Yet we are supposed to be like Jesus and live kingdom citizen lives here on the physical earth. One day, right, our faith will be sight, and the spiritual realities that we live out will become physical to us. But we kind of live in two worlds, right? We're kingdom citizens. We're ki- citizens of the kingdom of heaven, and we're citizens of the United States of America or wherever you are a citizen of. Right. It, it's just such an interesting situation there, but we have to be encouraged constantly and reminded that as kingdom citizens, we are li- we are to live kingdom lives, which means... Um, the the conduct of our character ought to be kindness, generosity, forgiveness, love, um, confrontation over is, issues such as you know Jesus. He was constantly confronting the Pharisees for their really bad um, behavior. It was like, man, you you guys preach, but you don't live. He was confronting them with that, and they ultimately killed him. But it's to live holy lives but also to be on mission with Jesus. So to try to get out into the world and touch people with the gospel, as in care for their needs when we can, and um, share the message of salvation. Right. Like share the message of Jesus. We're supposed to live this kingdom life and bless the world 
through our living until he transforms us, you know, until he returns. Mm. So that's how he says, I press on towards that goal of the prize of the upper call. Like I live for that heavenly reality. And he's not saying I sit around and wait on the resurrection, but he's saying I press on, like I keep working, I keep working. Paul was all about the mission. He was all about seeing people be saved and born again and discipled. He was all about encouraging the churches to to press on in their faith. And so we got to keep our eyes on on heaven and the, the heavenly realities and not just on these earthly physical realities. Hmm. And he says in 15, if you're mature, so this is spiritual, if you're this is Christian maturity. It's it's learning to obey the word of God and think like Jesus thought. Right. Verse 17, uh, he says, Join in imitating me, brothers, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example that you have in us. So, all right, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a believer, you, you be an example. One, find other people who are examples of Christian living, and you be an example to other people. It's, it's true that someone's watching you, right? Have you ever heard of this idea of the sphere of influence? Like, I don't care. It doesn't matter who you are. You have a sphere of influence. You are influencing people. And are you an example of, of kingdom living? Mm. So, yeah, that's a good question to ask ourselves. I mean, and um, again, it's a journey. This, this is not to, to bring condemnation, but it's just, hey, we got to continue being transformed. Yes, we do. For me, um, a challenge I was just kind of talking with some folks about is um, the reality that I, I, I am constantly around Christians. I work at a church, and sometimes it's challenging for me to not rub, I have to be really intentional about rubbing shoulders with non-Christians. But we got to get out there into the world, and we have to um, rub shoulders with non-Christians and, and show them the love and light of Christ. Yes. And that's kingdom living, and it's multiplication. It's how can we disciple others, and, and um, it literally spread the love of Christ. So that's challenging. That's good. Let's move on to the next section here. Um, so Paul says, many are enemies of the cross of Christ. And he says this with tears, like he, he really cares about it. He's not sort of bad-mouthing people. He's like, they're, these people walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. They glory in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. Now, this part is convicting because in an American culture, I'm assuming most people are listening, are in North American culture, our culture is real, like, me-centric. Would you agree, Robert? Yes. 
Yeah, so real, like, I'm going to be the God of my life, and I'm going to be who I want to be, and I'm going to get what I can get, and I'm going to, it's just, it's this, this, it's the place of opportunity where there is lots of opportunity for a lot of people, and um, it's easy in our culture for the, for self to be God, or this pursuit, yeah, well, for self to be God, it says their God is their belly, right? So your desires are your God, and that all of your pursuits are just worldly gain, whether it's financial or, you know, building your, your retirement security or whether it's, and I'm just listing top of pop, top of head things or whatever it is, but there's all these, it's achievements. And you have to acknowledge that we live in this culture and as Christians, it's easy to be swayed by that culture. Sure he is. So, Again, it's it's good for us to ask that question. Is is my mind set on earthly things or am I focusing on the things of the kingdom of God? And obviously it's not bad to take care of yourself. It's not we have to God knows we need the things we need and uh, he promises to take care of us. But man that 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 sentence their god is their belly. And I think that that has to do with just desires. I mean, what are your desires? Is your desire to fulfill your own desires? Or is your desire to fulfill the kingdom of God? And um that is uh that is um convicting. Robert, what do you think about our culture? Do you think that our culture, Christian culture, do you think we do a good job of focusing on the kingdom of God? Yes and no. Christians, and this is everywhere, and I mean, it's at every church. People like to judge too much. I mean, yeah. It don't. I don't know how to say this, but some people don't like labels. And Christian is a label. In a sense, people think, "Oh, he's better than me," you know. You know, better than me, and he's not down there with, with our with with my level. But people don't really know what's going on with people. And people don't want to talk. They just want to assume things. That's the way our culture is now. It's all about fast and give me, give me, give me. What can you do for me? Yeah, sort of an individualism, consumerism. What can the church do for me? Okay. Well, the church, we are, every person out here is the church. The church is just a building we come together as Christians to get around people that are same-minded like and that believe in the same thing. But there's people out there in this world that believe in God and they don't go to church. Yeah. 
You know, back in the day, they didn't have no church. They didn't have a building. So the question is, how do we reach those folks? I'll just be honest with you. Sometimes I don't know. Right. Because everybody's different, you know. And that's a tough question. I mean, we can love on people all we want to. That's... Be there with them, love them, go through it. It's like a friend. If you got a friend that's, you know, they say you got different friends in life. You know, I heard this from uh, Steve Harvey. You got the one friend that you kind of hate when you see him. You're like, oh, gosh, please, not him. Then you got the friends that will go to the death of the end of the seas with. You know what I'm saying? Like, Whatever you want to do, I'm here. I'm down with you. I'm your ride or die type person, you know. Mm-hmm. So we all go through seasons in life of where people we hang around and there's people now that we see. And they're not living right and they're doing things and you don't want to be around them. It's not being that you're judgmental. It's just... The church can love them all they want to. And that's what we got to do. We just got to keep on loving people and encourage people. But when we leave this church on Sunday morning or we leave this church on Wednesday night, you never know what somebody could be going through. That's right. And and it's the long game of loving on people. It's just, I, I think just in our culture, loving. it just has loving, to be relational. I think it has to be relational in our culture. I you think know, that, yeah, I think there's a lot of... Christian baggage, you like you said some things similar, but there's all sorts of different people's had negative experiences. Right. There's all sorts of Christian baggage. Why do I want to come there when I went to this church because I had a you know, I was eighteen and I had a baby out of Whitlock or whatever, y'all gonna beat me down. Why not you know, why do I want to go there? Well that you know, something happened the other day with one of my stepdaughters. And it really upset her, you know. And it was a church. They heard her a long time ago when she was a kid. And that was a long time ago. And, 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 and you know, churches, it, it's not God, God's love. It's people, churches. Churches are people. And they heard her. And like, I tell, like I'm going to tell anybody out there, if you go to a church and they hurt you, it's a church. It's not people. It's people. You can go to 10 different churches and probably get treated 10 different ways, if that makes any sense to you. So if you if that church hurts you, don't quit going to church. Don't give up on God. You know, keep going. Yeah, earlier, Find a church that fits you. Yeah. You know, I've got a friend of mine. Went to school with her. Love her to death. Call her on the phone, talk to her. She's a friend of mine. You know what? She's gay. But you know what she still believes in? She believes in God. And she goes to another church. And they don't look down on her. And they love her. Yeah. I mean, she's a good person. Do I like that she chose that lifestyle? It's not for me to judge. I'm not the judge. God's the judge. You know, everybody says, well, you can look in the Bible, you can see all the... It says it in the Bible. 
But it's for God to judge. It's not for me to judge. I'm here to love on people, no matter right. what. Yeah. And we you, went to school yeah. together. We grew up together, and I know her personally. And just because she's that way, I'm not going to turn my back on her. I'm going to love her just as much. Yeah, you saw she's, Jesus. Um, she showing. might not. She might not. She's not hurting me. Yeah. What can I do to change it? Right. No, you bring up a lot of good points, and I love that you brought up the homosexual lifestyle thing. Um, I, mean, I think we, because churches and Christians really need to really, really think through and pray through how to respond to that lifestyle. How will we act if we got somebody yeah. that walked in this church? Well, we have to look at at um, number one that I think about when I remember. We got to love on people, dude. That's just I cool. think you're exactly right. I think about when Jesus at, with the woman at the well. I mean, she she had. History of 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 uh, sexual baggage, of of stuff that a lifestyle of that was just how many not of ideal. us? How many of us ain't had and, sexual baggage? How right, many of us that's right. And Jesus loved her, and Jesus revealed Himself to her. Um, and so showing love and it, and welcome is absolutely is absolutely the right thing, and um. It, it's it is tricky. Also, we have to be careful that we, um, no matter what lifestyle it is, right, that is contrary to the standards that that you know Jesus lays out for us of how to live and what the ideal setting is. Um, we just have to. We have to we have to be careful that we don't um, agree with the world by saying this is good and this well, is know, and, you know, and I've, celebrating I've, no, that I've, that that which um, the New Testament has has laid out is this is a this is a, a lifestyle and activity that's contrary to the design of God, right? And so that doesn't mean by by st- by stating that and helping disciple people in that way. Uh, you're not saying that you hate the person. You're not saying that you are rejecting this person. We should not reject a person. We should not hate a person. We should love the person and walk with them. At the same time, um, we should hold high the the standards of of Christ and of the of the Word of God for our behavior and our. Well, actions. here's the deal: if church was doing their job right, these churches would be packed. They'd be like a movie theater on Friday night. Everybody waiting to come see the hottest movie. Okay, but, but, but because we beat because I'm not saying all churches and I'm not saying all people, but because churches have a tendency to beat people down. Now I'm not saying every church, but okay, yeah, and that's all the all the all the religious. I'm using the word religious because for people who are not Christians, the word is religious. And there's tons of religious baggage. I am under the kind of thought right now that there's a lot of people that, that are, will not come into a church building, and I think we have to go to them. and And this is difficult, but I think the way to reach people is through high relationship. And through um, personal invitation, you know, home group stuff like that. You know, I come into. I got a friend of mine. He's a pastor, and he was a 
you know, dr- drug addict, alcoholic, and would drink from sundown to sunup. And that was one of his big things, is how do we get to the people that don't go to church? How do we get to people that's probably never going to step foot in a church? Yeah. And he said, well, i tell you what I'll do. He had a guy in Montgomery that gave him a bar on Sunday mornings, and he did church in a bar. Yeah. And that that's the mentality, man, is, is whatever reach it takes. Reach them where they are. I got to go reach people. Um, and that's what Paul was all about. It's... It is absolutely great to invite people to your congregation, to your church building. I just think we have to be aware of of our times in North America that people just a lot. Some people are are willing to come to church to do quote unquote organized religion um, in their in their view. That some people are willing to do that. I think a lot of people aren't. I think a lot of people. But here's the thing that that someone mentioned to me, and I agree with. Even in the context of our current culture in North America, I think people still, in their heart, need two things. Number one, relationship with God. I think they, maybe if they would say yes or not no to it, I don't know, but I think that they would say that they want to know who God is. And number two, I think that people need, know that they need relationships. Right. As Christians, as followers of Jesus... We can offer those two things to people. Hey, I can show you who God is, and He's actually good, and He actually loves you. And He actually Himself has for, wants to forgive you of everything and, and clear you and give you eternal life. Number two, so number one, I can show you who God is, and you can have a relationship with Him. Number two, I can give you a place to have relationships and I think that as we reach out to people and try to minister to people and reach them, like we can know that whatever is on the outside or whatever sort of baggage they carry where they're like stiff arming us as Christians, so to speak, I think we can know that like they probably, they definitely need those things, whether or not they want to admit them. And, and we know that we can offer those things to them. And then ultimately knowing that it's, it's, it's between that person and the Lord, but but it's from our our perspective as Christians, as the body of Christ, we gotta like get outside of our box we and do. decide. That's the problem. Okay, the church is stuck inside of. A I'm box. gonna I'm gonna get on mission for Jesus and go try to make disciples. I'm gonna go be about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was all about the kingdom, I mean, the you, will of the you Father. You go watch the chosen, and you just chosen's awesome. I mean, I mean, and you just watch the disciples he picked. And just the just the disciples he picked. I mean, and you you watch them kind of grow on front of you in the screen. You know, it's the same thing with us. We got to get out there, no matter who shows up at this church, no matter what color, no matter if they're gay or not gay. And we just got to continue loving on people, and we got to show them the love of Christ. You know, churches churches changed. Church never changed over the years. And recently there was a study done. I think it was done about 10 or 15 years ago. Church finally started changing 50 years ago. Not not maybe 15, 20 years ago, church started changing. You know, and you think about it. Just think about it in the 80s. You know, I was watching a documentary on uh, the music of Christian music of how it evolved. And, you know, 
Like he had a group called Striper that was a heavy metal band that played heavy metal music in the 80s and they threw Bibles out at a, at concerts. Well, I went to a church one time when I was a kid with my buddy, my buddy, and they took us down in the basement and watched this tape telling us that heavy metal was bad and they would they take the records back on the video and play them and say it's devil's music. It's devil worshiping music. Had like Motley Crue up there and all that stuff, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, these people ain't devil worshipers. These people are crazy and nuts. I don't know what religion it was. I don't remember. I was a kid. And uh, I would go with him on Wednesday nights, and I just went with him. But I didn't believe a lot of the stuff they believed in. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, they was trying to brainwash us, you know. And I watched that thing with the, you know, like new new artists coming up, like uh rap artist dc talk and all that stuff and how the music evolved and how worship music changed and the older people didn't like the new worship music like the hill song because they was the first real there was more back in the 70s or there was some more but i don't really remember but the one i remember the most is hill song on how they changed worship music and a lot of people still like the old hymn books you know what i mean but the younger people like the Jesus culture, the evolution, the the hill song, you know. I like the old hymns too, but, you know, I like the new stuff, you know. But everybody's to their own. And there's still churches out there that do a lot of hymns, you know. And if that's your style of music, you know, and, and you're going to... If you don't like it somewhere, find somewhere else to go where they do that and what you like. It's like watching TV. I don't like this movie or I don't like this. You can change the channel. You know, if you don't like this church, don't bash it. Just, I thank y'all for having me. Move on and go find the church you like that fits you. It's kind of like a shoe. Just like Nike said, just do it. You got to find a shoe that fits you. You know, ever. It's not the people. You just got to get get in where you fit in. That's the same thing with church. You yeah. got how how I mean, I think a, a lot of that is true. But but also uh, the mentality that we're learning in Philippians is how can I serve? Well, that's you where know, you know you talking about well, you talking about how do serve. we get new people in the church? Right. You know, I've been I've been saying this from day one when we're here since I've been here, and this is coming from me. Mm-hmm. Us old people. I'm 50 years old, and I know there's older people in this church older than me. We're coming to this church. We're here. We're glued in. We're dialed in. We're serving. We've talked about this at our D group. There's people that come to this church. They All they come to is Sunday service, and they go home. They don't go to discipleship classes. And, you know, they might have things going on in their life, and it's kind of hard. Understand that. But we have got to find a way to communicate and get younger members in this church. And let me explain to you why. Because, and you know, we're getting old. We ain't getting no younger. You know, look at the day Toby Keith passed. 62 years old. Toby Keith was 62 years old. 
He yeah, passed. We're not we're not promised today and we're not promised tomorrow. What are we going to do to keep this church when when I'm gone, when Richard's gone, when Brandon's gone, when we're all gone? I mean, how's it, you know, we got to be sowing seed into the to the younger generation. Yeah. And and all of this under the umbrella of the kingdom of God. So we're we're kingdom citizens. Right. And got to ask ourselves the question, am I living for the kingdom of God? We're just one congregation right. among millions of congregations who just meet together um, in the kingdom of God. But whether we're at this church or whether we're at the next church, fellowship, what? gathering, you know, disciple group, group, whatever you want to right, call right. it. Well, you know, you know, we was talking another we night. We got to build the kingdom we of God. We was talking another night in the men's group. Make disi- you know? disciples. And that includes right. young people, right? right. It's That's mul- what I'm saying. I mean, the other night we was talking about... You know, uh, I remember going to another church and I was telling them about it. We was talking about discipleship. You know, a lot we have a, we have studies here on Wednesday night. Some churches don't have that; they just strictly do their Wednesday nights and it's youth only. And a lot of your bigger churches and some of your churches, they, you know, the big room becomes for the youth on Wednesday nights. You know, I've been to churches that have done that, but. I think something that would be neat here, and it's something maybe that we can all do for the future, is small groups. And I'm not talking about small groups at the church. Yeah, I'm talking about people stepping up. Yeah, and have like a spring small groups, a winter small group, a fall small group, a summer small group. Say, right. Richard, you want to do one with the couples? You host it at your house a certain night. Say somebody wants, and you know, here's the here's the reason why. And I say I want to do one, and it's the middle of the day right. on such and That's such right. day, and exactly somebody right. wants to do one at breakfast because everybody can't come to that breakfast, mm-hmm. everybody can't come to that lunch, everybody can't come to that dinner. So put one. There's no so there's no excuses. You can't go get plugged in. And it's all about spreading out, multiplying, making disciples. Right. Let's 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 decide. You know, to conclude it, to put a cap on this conversation and bring it back in, what we're talking about is how can we do whatever we can to figure out ways to make disciples, to live for the kingdom of God, to do the mission of Jesus? Do whatever we can, whether it's a small group, whatever during the middle of the day, a lunch, whatever it is, but we have to, we have to, um, find ways to make disciples and to multiply, to find um, people who are looking for Jesus, to invite them to a relationship with Jesus. We, we got to find ways all to we, do All we can do is love on people, and we got to give no people, you know, we got to give no excuses. Well, I can't make this because it's Tuesday night. I can't make this till it's Wednesday. And again, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, but let me tell you what. It can be done. You know, I was telling uh, Mark the other night, we was looking at the men's group. We was looking at, I was looking at the men's group thing a couple months back. We had a retreat we went to. Now, this is, these men right here are on fire for the Lord. And they do a, I went on their church website to see what they do for men's because I was looking for, you know, the sign up thing or whatever where we needed to go. And 
their men's ministry, every night they got something at somebody's house. One of the men is a leader or during the day sometime, and they have Monday through Friday. I think it's Monday through Thursday. I didn't see nothing Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Every night they got a discipleship for the class for the men's at somebody's house or somewhere, so there's no excuses to why you can't get plugged in. Well, I can't make it Tuesday night. Well, I can do it Wednesday night, or I can do it Thursday night. I can not I can be there Monday night. So Yeah, and they're sold out. They're, they're, I mean, dude, they're sold out. That's they're awesome. doing it. All What we need to do, guys, and what we need to do, people, is we got to step it up. And, I mean, we got to step it up big time. I mean, if you feel led that you want to start a disciple class, start doing it. If it's in the morning, the evenings, or night, put it out there, and people will come. I mean, we I just, think I think your home is is a non-threatening place that people would feel welcome to come in and um and be discipled. I mean, it's a real relational uh, environment. It's getting and, to know people. That's right. And and um, but Robert, thanks for this conversation. This was fantastic. It's knowing people. How would I know you if right. we wouldn't be doing this podcast? Yeah, it's I mean, I don't go over to your house. You don't come to mine. But but I mean, we know each other. Because I come talk to you. Yeah, every every relationship might look a little different. You know, we've we're done, just busy. I we mean, started you got with, kids, and I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm. We started with coffee. We were doing coffees, right? But on it was Wednesdays, like and you now said, we're doing a podcast together. It started somewhere, That's planting right. that seed, watching that tree grow, right. and we need to be taking our seeds and making other people and their trees grow so they can spread the seeds. That's what discipleship's about. So Amen. maybe that's something in the future we need to look for at Crossroads is maybe have a season of outside groups and get different people to host them and find a group that you want to go to. So if, if you say, I can't make it during the midday, there's one in the morning, there's one midday, and there's one at night. What if there's one for couples? What if there's one for singles people? That's right. What if there's one for men? What if yeah. there's one for women? And it can be organic. People can just go do it. And then it, it just be, spreads like it that's what I'm saying. Level. I mean, we it's something yeah. we need to consider and maybe do like a a summer small summer small groups outside of crossroads. How do you, what do y'all think about that? Just tell us your thoughts. Tell us your ideas. <laughs> Send them to Richard. Guys, thanks for this conversation, <laughs> and uh, we'll wrap it up now. It's our desire to encourage you and equip you in your journey of faith with the Lord Jesus Christ. Looking forward to next week. We will be in... Drum roll, please. Um, well, Philippians 4 next week. And right. we only have four chapters, we so we're, we we're closing up there Philippians. But thank the Lord for Philippians. It's been awesome. Um, thanks I so much, Robert. Enjoy, I hope y'all enjoy this podcast. I really do. Because I put my heart and soul into it. So does Richard. We don't have to do this, but we do it because we love it. And the reason I do it is because I want to further my faith in God. I'm not a, uh, I know the Bible, but I'm not like a, a Richard Bible guru that can put you right where you need to be in your spot. But I can bring the realism to the table of the things that I see that's wrong with this world out here and the things I see why people's not coming to church and what we can do to make it better 
to where people want to come to church. Spot on, brother. Hallelujah. We will uh, we'll see you next week. Praise the Lord. Amen. See you, Robert. Thank you, brother. Got gotcha. you. All right, man.